with all the imagery of the racetrack, um, I think our culture gets into our head. Of course it does. Um, there's a lot about uh, races and stuff that we see in terms of the imagery in our minds, uh, which is why I titled it what I did. Um, I don't know if you read titles, but often when I hear a pastor preach, I, I go to his title because sometimes they're very, uh, very creative and they're very telling. Uh, sometimes, uh, maybe like mine today, is uh, kind of like, oh, I don't know what to put, so this sounds good. Um, I get a chance to redeem myself by preaching the sermon, of course, so then the title doesn't hopefully hold as much weight at the end of the day. Um, there's a, an African man who, uh, and I know Africa's a big continent, but he came and sat me down. Um, told me a story about uh, a missionary that came, had a bag of candy, and was doing something with little children in a village. And he, uh, he said, let's, let's run a race, and uh, the winner gets his bag of candy. And I had condensed the story. And he goes, it was very interesting to that missionary's perspective because, to his surprise, the children in that village in Africa held hands and uh, just kind of walked together down that, that track that he had set up with the finish line in mind. And uh, the missionary said, what was that all about in his own way to the children? Well, the children responded, and again, I'm condensing the story. He says, well, why would we uh, just run? Because that's what the missionary said. You usually try to beat other people. He says, why would we do that when we could just all cross the line together and share the candy? Ooh. So maybe when our culture sees things like that, uh, we can think about that story. But uh, allow me to read Philippians 3 with Paul in mind as he writes, starting at verse 12. Let me pray. Lord, uh, may we hear you speak again and again and again, not just this morning, but as we walk or run each and every day of every hour in which we need you to teach us and speak to us again and again in order that there may be fruit, in order that we may be shaped. In your name we pray, amen. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me, Brothers, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what's behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently... Well, that too, God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Join with others in following my example, brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. For as I have often told you before, and now say again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who, 
by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. This is God's word speaking to us, and as we receive it, understand too that there is something about what Paul is saying that has to help us first undo some of the things we've learned from our culture, which is why I told that story at the beginning, and then to uh, then start to learn. So that we are talking more about what Paul is talking about in terms of being on the way, on the journey. And we hear lots of antidotes and cliches and bumper stickers that talk about on the journey. But I just want to say right up front that basically Paul and his goal if we were to try to, it would be good to hear what, if everybody wrote it down. What do you think, it, you know, right away we start reading, and he says it and it, and, and we should have started earlier, but if we would write down what do you think Paul's talking about, one word, be interesting what everybody would say. Now, that's why I put that, my little weird title, because uh, there, there's really no such thing as finishing the finish line, and I'll talk about that in a moment. Because uh, the finish line really is all about who you are as you've trained and been that person. So I'm going to just go ahead and take a stab at it and say the word of the day that Paul is talking about when he talks about the goal, and it is discipleship. Anybody want to stand up and offer a better one? Or discipline? I'm serious. If you got one better, I'm a pretty playful guy. Perseverance. So that would be a discipline, would it not? It could fall under that category. So I like it. Thanks for your affirmation. Discipline, perseverance. And maybe that's a good way to go about it. What, what other things, if discipline's too big of a word, maybe what other words would help uh, give us a little more meat? Like, so what's that mean? So we got to go home today. Great sermon there, Pastor Rick. Thank you for coming. And then, so what's that mean? What am I supposed to be disciplined in? So perseverance is really good. Put meat on the bone. When Paul is starting in his text, um, he is, I believe, talking about discipline. Okay, I'd like to take you to Red Deer here for a minute. You know, go down the highway, turn on 32nd, and uh, head past Red Deer College, okay? And you go in towards Taylor Drive. Just before you come to Taylor Drive, there's a, a traffic light. And if you have to stop for that traffic light, uh, on the way, you'll see on your left-hand side, there's a, about a, a few feet of, of, of um, curb. Little, little curb there that separates the, the, the double lanes. I met a driver instructor. I don't necessarily hang out with these guys, and I wasn't sure why I was hanging out with this guy, but he was telling me a few stories, and I said, oh, you know, I had a little time. Uh, what's, what's one of your best stories? And he goes, oh, he says, uh, right here, which is by that curb. He points at the curb. He says, I had a young lad, and uh, he, was, he was taking a lesson from me, and I was trying to teach him about how to drive safely and properly, and I don't know what happened, <laughs> but all of a sudden, we started going really fast, and the, the light was red, and basically, he just rammed the car right up on the curb, and we were, boom, sitting right on top of it, in seconds flat. I said, what'd you do? I says, I just turned to him calmly, and I said, uh, when the light turns green and the traffic goes, just try put it in reverse and see if you can get back on the road. Nice, calm, 
And then uh, he started looking at, uh, at the traffic, and he said, uh, I think you got enough room. And, um, and so he went on, on reverse, back on the lane, and went up to Taylor Drive, turned left, back to the parking lot where the instruction plate was. And he says, I uh, turned to the guy, the young lad, and you can tell something happened, but I said, well, good day. And he says, well, uh, I think you learned um, quite a bit, and I think uh, it's pretty fruitful. I really appreciate the way you handled things today. And I think you're going to do good. I said, you never really brought up anything about what he just did on the curb there? I mean, this is your car. And <laughs> so I, he says, no. He says, because I know the way I communicate and the way I look at some of these youngsters, I, I can breed confidence in them by overlooking some of the things that they will obviously do wrong on a regular basis, only to get them to be where they should be, and that is a secure, well-disciplined driver. And I said, oh, now, if you go into our text here, you see that Paul is talking about it, and I established the fact that that's discipline and discipleship, such like perseverance, which is great in this context because there's, there's a lot of reasons to say, oh, I'm not a very good disciple, right? Or that I, I screwed up again, all that stuff, which is why we have confession. But in the text, um, Paul winds up saying this, but there's one thing I do. <laughs> well, he does a lot. But he says, one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. And if you look in the original languages of that word forgetting, it's more overlooking. You can hardly forget the stuff you do, right? Much like that driver. And the instructor simply gave a great example of how, yeah, that was pretty bad, but he's not going to say it. He's not going to give credit to all the things that we do wrong because he knows that he, we need to go and continue to strain forward to the goal of being where we should be. And that is that established servant of Christ that Paul is striving toward. Because it's so easy to get caught up in some of the stuff that Paul is saying, that's one, one thing I do, is I overlook that stuff. I overlook it. The word here, forgetting, little strong, but he overlooks it. Much like that driver did. After the service, and I'll say a little bit more, inviting you all to have a table because of Resonate, who has now brought in um, home missions and world missions together because our entire world should be treated the same. Missionaries need to be all over the place. Um, we should send missionaries as much as we should receive them because in North America, uh, that is the template in which we are looking to make disciples. <clears throat> and Resonate has a number of people who have read a book, and I recommend it to you, called uh, Canoeing the Mountain. It's great. It's about leadership and about the future of the church, and really it's about adaptive change. But this is, this is what it's about, in case you don't read it. It's about Lewis and Clark, the explorers. Okay, You will raise your hand if I say, do you know them? Because everybody's heard of Lewis Clark, but if you skipped class like that girl did, and that was the one, <laughs> then maybe you don't know about them. But you see their signs are celebrated because they went from the mid to the west in terms of landmass to discover, do a little uh, exploring. <laughs> it's a huge story, and what they do is they travel along in a theological mindset 
as if we were the elders and leaders in the church with Lewis and Clark as they begin to explore because what they do is they have tools in their trade, canoes. And that's why it's called canoeing in the mountains, which really creates a big problem because you do not canoe in the mountains. But then there's always somebody that says, oh yeah, you do, a little bit. But in the case of Lewis and Clark, the journey ends up making the case that the, that the canoe is a strong piece of the hardware of exploration in the Midwest. And then they see those grand mountains and they start to think about their canoe that they have and then they end up having to change because the canoe is getting a little heavy and a little hard after one mountain peak, after another mountain peak and eventually the very soul of their exploration toolkit, the very soul of that exploration toolkit has to be, oh I hate to say it, put aside. How long are you going to carry a canoe, Mr. Lewis, Mr. Clark, into the mountains? And they bring that up as an example in that book to help us understand how despite the fact that we are a church, our goal is not to just hang on to the canoe or do what we think is the essence of our toolkit, but we have to continue just to persevere and continue on, strain forward, overlooking some of the past, whether it's a canoe or not, in hopes that we become the best disciple that we can. Because it's not about canoes. It's about who you have become in your training as you, hum as you understand the humility of Christ and what he has done for you that transform you. And so this is where we end up going when we follow Paul through the text when he talks about setting the pattern. So the goal is not, I have arrived, because that would be a misleading goal. In fact, sometimes when I do profession of faith classes, um, or, yeah, we'll just stick with that one, uh, then I have a number of people who wonder if they're good enough. Sometimes they don't say that way. Here's the way sometimes you hear it more often. Ah, uh, Pastor Rick, I don't know if I'm ready. Now, Paul... Sounds like he may have that case too. I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know what that means, but no one's ready. No one's arrived. But we're all called to be on the way, striving forward to be the disciple that is set as a pattern. You know, the airport is a great analogy. Uh, Google is another great analogy. You know what I'm getting to? Because the church sometimes thinks they're more than what they should be in terms of, of uh, the, the identities that we've created to, it to be. And the church simply needs to play a role in helping getting people to where they need to be, much like Google. No one wants to go to Google. That's not what they do when they turn their computer on. They just use the sucker as a platform to get where they really want to go. And that's the basis of an airport. It'd be silly if the airport made an announcement every year at the end of the year and said, uh, this is how many people we have had in our airport. Um, it's all about getting them to where they needed to be. That's the measuring, to strive for excellence. And it's hard because you think that the destination and the goal in our cultural understanding would be uh, uh, when they end up crossing the finish line when they finally get to the airport, or when they finally 
uh, hit Google or when they come to church. But often, as Dallas Willard said, the church, especially in North America, is filled with undisciplined uh, disciples. As we have a number of people that fill our churches, as Dallas Willard said, that are there but are undisciplined. And need, you, need me to remind you that, again, the goal that Paul is setting for us and for himself is to be disciplined. Well, and we know that too, right? If you want to go back to the analogy of the race, which sometimes just can't escape our minds, you can't get anywhere unless there's a sense of discipline. A young fellow that uh, found out he was a good runner in, in his adult years and just decided to enter marathons. Um, kind of funny because he never finished because he was never training. He was in shape. He could run like the wind. And on one particular case, he did a, a marathon and uh, three kilometers from the finish line. He was in, uh, I think, fourth place. And he just, <laughs> he just kind of, you know, you can see, see those on YouTube sometimes. He just fainted on his feet and kind of went into the bushes and never did finish. And I always am reminded of, of what we sometimes have in terms of the mindset regarding goals and how we forget about the discipline that's necessary. Discipleship is the point. Discipline is the point. It makes us who we are as the people that God calls us to be. Be holy so that uh, you may be an advocate for the kingdom. Be holy, says the Lord God, like I am holy. And he calls us out to be this person to advocate for the kingdom, but in the meantime, be disciplined. Be a disciple. As I mentioned, uh, resonate uh, earlier. Um, we um, have now brought in the whole idea of home missions and world missions together because we all need to be those missionaries. And when we are asked to go and move forward, much like Paul is calling us to do, then it is all about who we are as we are on the way. Not when we arrive at certain places, but who are we on full 24-7 watch as advocates of the kingdom? Now, this is something we've always been um, well aware of when it comes to missionaries that go to other places. But as we end up walking from this place to the next place we go to a little later today, as we go to the bank tomorrow, uh, how do we go about being that disciple? And it's interesting because when Resonate found out that home missions shouldn't be any different than world missions because we all need to be missionaries, they found out that some of the the things that we train people to do, whether in world missions or in home missions, became the same. That you now are being trained with the same tool set as Paul calls us to be as we would Diana Boot or whatever other missionary is supported, whether on short or long term, whether professional or lay. And so what they've done is they've taught us to discern and walk with the Spirit of the Lord as you go to the bank on Monday and as you go to work on Tuesday and somehow bring in the disciplines to your very fabric and essence of each and every moment of your day, which sounds like a tall calling, but it's much like training yourself so that when you are running the race, you don't faint three kilometers from the finish line. Or that you have a strategy in place and an understanding of how you need to pace yourself 
And so they talk, first of all, about listening and understanding, which is classic missionary uh, terminology. Much like Paul, understand the context. So when you went to the Congo back in the day as a missionary, then you would understand first the people and their culture and the way they think because they're looking at pictures like that thinking something totally different, much like those children taught the missionary in Africa when they were racing together hand in hand. Learning about the culture first and then understanding what that's about before we speak truth in it. And so um, it's wonderful stuff because as, as we are taught to be missionaries through our organizations, then they want us to know that you don't need to be the street evangelism full time. But you do need to walk about purposely and intently with your antenna with an understanding that God is at work in everybody because that's what our Reformed uh, theology teaches us. And if He is at work in everybody, then when you went to the bank on Monday or work on Tuesday, you went by all kinds of people that God is at work in. So now it fits with what Paul is saying is, there's one thing that I'm going to tell you that I do, is I overlook all that stuff in the past, and I move forward, straining, and if I would elaborate, to understand that God's at work everywhere, and I'm walking by all those people every day. Well, without overwhelming myself or yourself, doesn't mean we have to stop, like the street evangelism model, and stop and talk to everybody. But we do need to be on high alert with those antennas out, discerning as to who might be there, and that we may be able to play a role. Well, are you kidding me? I'm busy. Well, that may be so. But when the time comes that we are really good at this discipline, and we become those people that are very discerning as people belonging to the kingdom, citizens on mission for God, and we do come across that person, despite that we're busy, and we kind of think, whoa, the prompting of the Spirit's there because we've trained ourselves to be more alert, and then we end up integrating with and aligning with and dancing with the Holy Spirit. And suddenly it becomes very rewarding because we never thought that would happen. Where we lay our heads in the pillow at night and say, I didn't see that coming. Whether it's in your neighborhood or whether it is on the way to the bank or on the way to the work that you do. And so we are always told to go out. That line is evident for the Holy Spirit, for Christ himself, for the disciples that originated in the New Testament, for Paul, which is why he calls us to be this discipline to us here. To listen like the missionaries that have gone overseas, and to learn, and to see where God's at work, and to do this on the fly, 24-7, not always having to complete and accomplish something every day with somebody, but to be very much in training to be alert as to what might be going on around us. Not getting weird, but seeing where God would call us to, in hopes that we may just, maybe just, maybe just be a listening ear. Okay, one more story and then we're done. So I'm in my neighborhood. I'm out of shape, you guys. Now don't, don't read into that. I'm out of shape in terms of discipleship. And I catch on because I, I do those things that you do. I'm busy, head down. I don't know what's 
God's doing in all these people, but I got to go to the bank, or I got to, okay, so all that stuff. But we intentionally walk our neighborhood, and I think you probably all knew, knew that, maybe some of you didn't, but I do that for the purpose of trying to train myself in exercise. And so I, I you know, and I walk with my wife and dog, doesn't matter. But I'm, I'm, I'm out there, I'm doing the going part, and then I try to observe, and lots doesn't happen. But I can't stand here and take all Sunday morning and tell you about what doesn't happen because we'd be here forever for no reason. But when it comes to a time where I'm on one of the roads and a truck pulls up, <coughs> I just obviously look because there's a truck pulling up. <coughs> I don't pretend to know how this works. I just know it does because I'm getting better at training myself. So I walk along and the truck pulls up and the guy who's there is um, rolling down his window. Not on a day like today. It was a while ago when it was really nice. And, and the engine's running, and he stops on the road. Now, here's two things that I observe, because I'm training myself. He doesn't live on this road. He lives on that road. There'd be no reason for him to go down this road. Now, forget all the details, but for me, I'm thinking, oh, that's interesting. Why would he drive down here? So I ask, oh, what you doing on this road? Oh, he says, I lost my dog. Well, I'm sorry, you guys. I'm on the farm. And still in my mind, in terms of pets, you know what I mean? And, I, <laughs> and so I'm thinking, oh, that's too bad. You know, I'm just pulling the empathy out because I'm kind of like, I love pets too, but I'm kind of like, eh. well, maybe if we find him, we'll give you a call. I got your number. <clears throat> and he goes, uh, yeah, um, I, I hate it when he goes missing. Well, I was walking, right? Now I'm stopping, and he's got it in park now with the window down on a road that he doesn't live on. So I'm going, oh, really? A uh, little awkward silence. Don't like awkwardness any more than you do, even though you may think, oh, you're an extrovert, I'm an introvert. But I'm still trying to train myself here. Follow me. So I try to be patient because I like to go fast. Finally, I say something, and I say, well, how long has your dog been lost? He goes, 30 minutes. I go, oh. Call me in two days when you haven't seen him. Like, that's what I want to say, right? Uh, forgive me for exp you know, exploiting myself. He goes, uh, 30 minutes. I says, oh, okay, well, well, we'll have a look for him. What's the dog's name? Uh, Tundra, whatever. And then uh, he says, oh, good. But the truck's still in park. It's still running, and he's still on the road he doesn't live on. So you can't really just walk away from the truck, can you? And, and, but I'm exercising, and I got a meeting at 4. You get it, right? Okay. Well, a little more awkward silence, so I'll speed it up a bit. Finally, I say, so what's going on? Because huh? I'm thinking, got to say something. Never really know how to articulate words. I know you think I might be able to, but under those circumstances, I'm just living. He goes, oh, bottom falling out of my life, man. I go, oh. You know, I never get pastor of the year because of the way I react when people come and you know, <laughs> my life is filled with pain, and I'm going, oh, I'm busy, you know, and that's a terrible thing to say, but sometimes it's very inconvenient when God shows up, but I didn't know he was showing up yet, but at this point, I was kind of smelling that he might be, so I said, uh, oh, things are tough, he goes, yeah, it's one thing, and then it's another, and I don't really know what that means, he's a neighbor, I chum with him, I get him, we talk deep sometimes, but I still don't know what that means. It's kind of like someone saying, I don't feel good. What's that mean? Like, over here, that kind of feeling good, or this kind of feeling good? 
So I uh, say a few things in response, and I know this is a long story, but this is really cool because I learned tons when he finally um, tells me all kinds of vague details, um, <clears throat> and then he cuts the conversation off himself, and he turns to me on a road he doesn't live on with a truck that's still running in park and says, how many seals do you think are left? thinking think rick think 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 what the heck does that mean think 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 and i went oh did you get it are you with me or maybe you want to say you're out of shape like me i said well, you're reading the bible and he goes oh yeah <laughs> he says and i go the seals in revelation because i talked to joyce a little later my wife and I said, did you have any clue what he meant when he said that? Because I was going, ur, 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 you know, thinking. <laughs> his son has cancer. That's the bottom that fell out of his life. He won't talk. He's in his room. Doesn't know what to do. I'm no longer walking, exercising. I'm just untangling the dog from walking around my leg trying to listen to his story. And I don't know how else to put it other than to draw out these personal examples that I never seen coming, but I think <clears throat> in my 51 years of living that I might have walked by a few times where God was at work, but I wasn't as a missionary. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, that we would be earnestly understanding your ways and your will. That as we trip and fall and go fast, that we perhaps are not uh, geared up to be in shape. Um, and perhaps some of us are. Lord, we delight in your word. We delight in your ways. May you teach us. May you walk with us. May you take at least once a month to smarten us up and show us when we do um, try to earnestly persevere forward in being the disciples, the disciplinaries that uh, you have called us to be and that Paul is. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.